eight wing nine almost their sense of power and their own sense of yeah like their own sense of power is going to be more dependent on the response of yeah. the thing they're trying to be powerful over whereas eight wing seven doesn't really need you to agree it's just in charge <laughs> it's just gonna yeah. do it's it's just gonna do its motive but like we've seen and interacted with several eight wing nines that when you are not agreeing with how powerful they are they're not happy about it that's a good point yeah oh yeah that's that's connecting some dots right there the big hormone enneagram John Lukovich, uh, sexual self pres for five wing or five eight trifecta. Hi, I'm David Gray, self pres sexual nine with one nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self pres with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self pres social three wing four with a six nine trifix if you like our podcast guys make sure you go like and subscribe on the apple podcast app and if you really like us you should definitely leave us a review all right we're doing the wing thing yes we are all right you ready? alexander i hope she came with a lecture full of insights yeah. <laughs> uh we'll see i'll just wing it and see what comes up <laughs> she's no sweepy today I'm so sleepy today. <clears throat> Did she eat? Is she going to be irritable? Uh, I fed her. Cut. <laughs> yeah, I'm, fed. I've been fed. Got to feed your nine. That's been mitigated a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> yeah, people really like that first uh, Wings episode, so Kid, don't disappoint. They really love the first Wings episode, and then for the, for the one that just came out, uh, I got some people say it was their favorite ever. And okay. I got some people being like, you know, you really need to, uh, yeah, shout out to Heinrich. Uh, yeah, but cool. saying it was their that, favorite. If, and then, sorry. Who's Heinrich? I think he's. Uh, Hein is Heinrich is a friend of mine, and oh, okay. he and his, uh, his wife, Nina, I've been working with. And uh, yeah, he's great. And uh, last time I talked to Nina, she told me that Heinrich absolutely loved the episode. So shout out to Heinrich. I mean, if people were really, if you really thought about the Wings episode, like we didn't really get too deep into the whole hexagram thing. Um, I thought David's reflections was like a good way to sort of like ease into it. And then at, well, at some point it sort of like went off the deep end, but still it wasn't like the most un impossible thing to follow. Yeah. Well, I, I want to go on the deep end more. That's was, that was my favorite <laughs> yep. shit. Uh, whether anybody can follow or not. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it can go back and like some of these episodes editing it. I, I get to listen to it multiple times, and the second time you listen to it, you get more out of it. Mm, uh, yeah, that's and so true. there's there's a lot in that that we could probably continue that upside down, like looking at the hex hexagram versus the um the uh, attachment triangle, and just sort of like look at like what what are these opposing forces doing? What is it saying about humanity? We could do another episode on that. Totally. I mean. Uh, there was so much too about like Kabbalah that I didn't go into recover that would be interesting and the Ennead of Heliopolis and like, um, I mean, kind of that style of thinking that we were doing was very much uh, like at the heart of uh, Neoplatonic 
not not what we were doing wasn't specifically neoplatonic but it was like in that style of neoplatonic and hermetic and and you know even in some sufi groups you know it's like that that kind of uh philosophizing on mm-hmm. one hand is like seems maybe useless or impractical but um different traditions took things that were similar to that as a means of orienting their attention to the three forces hmm. and things of that nature right yeah. so like like it's not just that the three forces are a something abstract like to think about it's like part of the aim of that concept is that within each moment there's a there's maybe not an identity identification in the sense of like mentally labeling but there's a felt sense of the three forces trying to come together in our direct experience Mm -hmm. and and so there's a there's always going to be a negative force there's always going to be a a positive force there's always going to be reconciling force and part of the work with that is overcoming likes and dislikes so that you're actually just part of the 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 container that can hold those three forces and it's like that in a sense is what inner work is and Mm. so it's you know they anyway that's pretty interesting to me so i i think even though it's like a very far out kind of thing i do think it has meaning oh yeah it's just one of those things where you know, it's maybe not clear at first, but like the first time we got into Hex Adversus Attachment, it didn't, it took maybe like 10 other episodes before, all right, you know, I get it now, or people are, it's starting to get easier and easier. And then Xander came over with Attachment to Disconnect, and then that connected a whole bunch of dots. So it's, you don't know where it's going to go. Right, right. Yeah. The the best, the funnest stuff is that shit for me. It's just like going, like, I don't, yeah, like, I don't want to (laughs) like, teach on this thing yeah. right we're exploring exactly <laughs> yeah well yeah there's like a there's a sort of mental creativity that gets to happen here it's like we know enough about what the enneagram is so look let's just play with it now mm-hmm. yeah and like i mean does anybody listening just and it's like, hear somebody teach at them you know it's like right i don't know like, well it's also it's also like intelligence comes from pleasure like intelligence comes from playing and stuff like that Mm-hmm. You know, like in nature, some of the most um, playful animals are also known to be the most intelligent ones. Yeah. Like dogs, dolphins, stuff like that. So like, it is with just like fucking around and seeing what comes about that like David found all of his insights. You know what I mean? So it's just it's play around. Yeah. People love the wings episode, not necessarily because we just sat there and gave descriptions for all the wings, but because we sort of like Alexander, you were making all these connections and yeah. it was sort of like opening up all these different doors and people are asking for more in a sense that they're asking for like give us more descriptions but i think what they're really asking for is like make wings come alive (laughs) yeah like bring give us more stuff about wings because it it just opened it up like you know showing all the different ways that wings were interacting um and it's just like we we just do more of that not necessarily come here and give descriptions for all the different wings but just like let's open this stuff up it it is kind of funny to me that uh people had that wings episode two episodes ago they were like loving and then we just gave them blue balls by going way in the middle of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) push pull push pull (laughs) oh you like that all right taking it away (laughs) i'm gonna make you wait disciplining our little pain piggies to not expect enjoyment uh you're never gonna get what you want when you think you're gonna get it and it's not gonna show up the way you thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Uh, we are uh, typing the Stranger Things kids. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Fuck that. Um, we are going going back to wings. Uh, I think we're doing the body center today. And uh, we are plugging. As always, please buy my book. Um, I've been really appreciating the reviews. And it means a lot to have, have the reviews that are up for being a no-name author or whatever a big name um, author a big name no name <laughs> and yeah like i don't know it's, i really appreciate everybody who's who's put reviews in i don't know who everybody is but uh they're i mean that's like one of the best things i think an author can get is just like to see what <clears throat> impact their work had and then um i'm doing a study group uh on sundays on my book um schedule it's kind of loose or whatever and it's through zoom 4 p.m eastern time uh you can dm me or email me uh for the link i th- i'll just put it on my website i guess the link yeah yeah. and then for for people that come or you, and then you can also like uh but like it, it's 15 dollars donation suggested I'll, a lot of this i'm not like checking who's paying or whatever so if you're on i just trust you that you're 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 you know you're gonna pay me um paypal venmo to my email um but yeah that's been that's been good uh, what's your next one gonna be about I, we just did we've done four already and the next one is on the social instinct nice. so we've been just going through like my first chapter it's going a lot slower than i thought which i think is actually good because it's like getting saturated in different things and questions and observations and people's inner work we do practice together it's been really good so i've been enjoying a heck of a lot more than i thought i would yeah, I've seen people like making comments in the group of insights that they got from John's study group. And so it's it's another, you know, like maybe someone doesn't have the means to go to a workshop or whatever, but this is kind of like a, a broken up workshop, a way mm-hmm. to work with this stuff. And so I've, I've seen a lot of people who've been commenting about what they've gotten from it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I feel like if you maybe read my book, but didn't really feel like you got it or I don't know, like. You know, it's one thing just to read, to, to learn through reading. And then people are asking really good questions and we're talking about it. And I'm bringing in all the other shit I couldn't include into the book. And so it's been really good that way. Do you record it? Yep. Yeah, I can send you the things. for in the. Pa- I'll give you all the passwords and stuff like that. And then uh, next thing is Alexandra is doing uh, astrology readings for $125, right? <laughs> yes. You want to say anything about enough. that? Um, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a starting rate of 125. They usually go between an hour to two hours. We've had some go past that. Also, like the reason I'm kind of starting with this rate here is because I have just rolled out, um, doing like conversations, like video calls and phone calls and stuff like that. Instead of the write-ups that I were doing, I was doing, um, the conversation just seems to be a lot more organic and a lot more personable, not personable, personal, because we can see how exactly um, placements manifest like on a personal level, rather than just giving you like a textbook description and then just hoping you find the way that it applies to you. Um, so it's been really insightful. I've kind of rolled it out for like a, you know, for friends and been experimenting with that. And it seems to be going really well. So now I'm expanding. Where can people find that? Um, you guys can DM me on really on anything. If you guys have me on Facebook, go for it there. 
my personal um, Instagram account is I am Alexandra AA, two A's at the bottom, just for my initial last names, or at Angry Enneagram Nine on Instagram also. Um, yeah, I will get back to you and we'll set something up. And it's been really fun. It's been really energizing for me too. So that's been a uh, extra treat. <laughs> and you need all the energy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think as a social type too, like it's like really motivating for me because I get to, there's like an immediate reciprocity and exchange. And also yeah. like I am learning more through seeing how different placements apply to different people in different ways because I've already run into like several fifth house moons and like, you know, several cancer risings, but it shows up differently for everybody. So it's been mm -hmm. really fun. And she knows how to tie it into Enneagram type. Like it's, I think that's really important is that you show people like how they're related and that how in a sense it's like your chart is kind of like what your soul or so to speak is trying to accomplish and your Enneagram mm -hmm. type is kind of what can prevent that from from you realizing that or can help you in that aim would you say that's correct yeah I think so too um I also think that there are ways that your chart kind of shows you how you are stuck in your Enneagram type or like shows you the potential that you have for getting unstuck, you know, like, like the potential you can rise up to if you start to like loosen mm -hmm. your identifications. Like I've noticed a lot of nines have like really powerful, like expressive charts, but then there's like one thing really inhibiting it. Mm -hmm. So it's treating that, then you have access to all this power. That's just going to show up in a shadow if you don't. Cool. All right. And then we got David's Trifix book. Mm -hmm. and of course it's not just a trifix book it shows you the flavor and aesthetic of the types and themes of the types and then there's dark arts academy uh what's yeah. going on there dark arts academy we just did a we just recorded a class on robert green i think last week i talked about uh us doing a class on darren brown and uh, robert green some of you might know who he is he wrote the 48 laws of power artist seduction mm -hmm and uh, laws of human nature he's a really interesting cat um and uh, uh there's just a lot he's those two classes were just really interesting darren brown and those robert yeah they were just really interesting because those these guys are really psychological and so there's a lot of depth mm -hmm. in about human nature and this is you know the thing that we're all interested in uh we also have a class coming up on uh is it marina that's that that artist yeah, she's coming up as well, and I think we're gearing up to do a special on five, on five wing four, nice. like a nice. whole class on that. So, yeah, tune in. And also, you know, I Dave or uh, John had posted on the Instagram for people who have been commenting. You know, where can they get typed? Uh, oh. DAA Dark Arts Academy is a weekly class where we demonstrate our typing methods. Not, and I've, I've, we did a podcast on how learning how to type is. A requirement to applying the Enneagram because you're not just learning how to type, you're learning how these type, these psychological dyna dynamics manifest in real life. And, and to be able to identify them, that's a way to experientially learn the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get typed, uh, besides joining DAA and watching us do what we do, you can um, uh, get typed at uh, Enneagrammer.com or you could just Google get typed by Enneagrammer to find us. Um, if you join DAA, there's a discount for our typing services. So that's one way to get in there. Uh, but yeah, if you want to, if you are wondering, needing some help, some expertise, uh, on your typing, 
Find us at anygrammar.com. Cool. Anything else? That's it. All right. All right. Now we're talking about the Archangel Metatron and ascending the Merkaba uh, <laughs> into the astral plane or whatever. Uh, Alexandra channeled the Archangel, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, for, I this, did. for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll be speaking as the Archangel from this point forward. What's the Archangel's name? Metatron. Mm. That's actually that's a, one of the one of the uh, things that Chazo credited the Enneagram for is the Archangel Metatron. Nice. And so <laughs> nines beat down on like, yeah, being a good nine. <laughs> And that should be a t-shirt nines be channeling <laughs> yeah that should be a t-shirt <laughs> so yeah no but that's like something christians will cite uh as like why the enneagram is evil because it is and along with naranjo claiming auto- so the enneagram came from automatic writing so i think i think achaza was speaking about like intuition but who knows we should hold some workshops about how evil the Enneagram is so that we can turn Christians away from the Enneagram. For real. That would be really great. No, every time every time I get an account on Instagram that comes up uh, with like Christians being like turning against the evils of the Enneagram, I repost it and enthusiastically. <laughs> Stay away. I need to come up with a new theory that includes the upside down pentagram on top of yeah. it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the next thing. Yeah, it should be easy to branch off of with the upside down hexad triangle. Yeah, that should keep keep the it Christians away that they're actually upside down evil types in the Enneagram that are moving away from humanity. We also need to connect yeah. the Enneagram more deeply into like radical leftist communism. You know, to yeah, like, it's good to like, <laughs> to like keep right wing capitalists away and Christians will, you know, I feel like modern evangelicalism is just the religion of capitalism. So it's like, Keeping yeah. it all away. I'm sure we can figure out a way to overlay the sigil of Baphomet onto it. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, we are talking about, like, I guess we were talking about the body center, right? In the, the wings. Mm-hmm. Starting with, uh, we want to start with eight or nine. We did a little bit of eight with my wild stories of oh, yeah. perpetual fantasy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Why don't we... Why don't we start with like what eight or I mean not what the body center what the body center's purpose is in the ego agenda in general. You know, what I is think the that body could center's be like purpose? A, I mean, I see it as so everybody has an ego agenda. I see everybody's body fix as the vehicle that is carrying out that agenda. Mm-hmm. This is how you're just moving it along. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. if we start from that point, then we can look at nine as a vehicle and how one and eight affects that and, you know, extend that for the rest of the types. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great way to put it because it's um, the body center is how we inhabit our hereness, like how mm-hmm. we take up space or don't and how we claim our autonomy and sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, that that no matter like in, instead of fixating on what's my type, uh, that way of thinking about it in terms of just like what is carrying the ego agenda, mm-hmm. or you know what's the focus of the ego agenda, I guess. Or but, the engine. Yeah. Right. The engine. Yeah. Right. Motion. Yeah. And and from a, like a typing perspective, energetically, I think 
on some level, people sense this energetically. I think the body fix is what you notice first because you know mm-hmm. you notice the physical energy of somebody first, and uh, there is a a way that eight, nine, and one just have to exist and embody a certain quality that people can pick up. And I think you know everyone has a body fix, and on some level, I mean, of course, it's more overt with body types, but uh, there is a an energetic uh, quality of each of the body fixes that, that, um, yeah, that, that people can physically feel that quality. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about eight last time, uh, eight being a rejection type, right. And then how, like how frustration wing or an attachment wing influence them. So like, uh, you know, we were saying last time, I believe that eight wing nine is sort of the, um, classic archetype of eight in the sense that when people talk about or understand eights is like holding court or trying to exercise some sort of influence or power um it's off it's the eight eight wing nine that comes to mind because the attachment wing is making the eight attached to something that wants Mm -hmm. some kind of influence over or protection with or something along those lines yeah yeah it's uh it's hard to mistake an eight wing nine for anything else. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so rooted in the body and um, the, the boss, the boss archetype that people have around eights and the sort mm-hmm. of protecting the protective thing that people imagine. That's, that's so overt and strong with eight wing nines uh, mm-hmm. compared to eight wing sevens who um, that seven wing just adds a lot of, a, a, a lot of, a lot more chaos than, and more, you know, trickster energy that you wouldn't see in an A-Wing 9. That's solidity, and I'm just, I have one track mind, and I'm, you know, I'm bringing my environment and people around me with me is very much A-Wing 9. Go ahead, baby. The Godfather is the Godfather in A-Wing 9? I'm assuming yeah. so, right? Mm-hmm. Played yeah. by A-Wing 9. <laughs> right. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm really ready. Um, so another thing that this <laughs> makes me think of is that eight wing nine also the nine wing kind of borrows from and this is i'm getting nine ish here but the nine wing will borrow like this sort of channeled permission from the universe or yes. whatever <laughs> so i kind of do see that with eight wing nines that they feel like like god has given them the ability to be an eight and so they're like even heavier about that eightness yes. because it's like the permission comes from yeah, not the permission, but like it's it's the the duty from God that they've been given, mm-hmm. as opposed to Seven Wing that has that like really outward like running from side to side kind of quality, at least energetically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would you say that the that like I know it's kind of dumb, but that Marvel character Thanos is an Eight Wing Nine. Like that feels like mm-hmm. an Eight Wing Nine. Yeah. He's, yes. he's like I have to kill half the universe because some vague reason that he's channeling from what the universe needs or something yeah like the sort of like the god the archetype would feel like uh i mean you could say god's like a type one thing but eight wing if god was an eight it would be an eight wing nine yeah yeah (laughs) people say that about uh the the one thing but i think i think you're right i think the god archetype is more eight wing nine than it is one Mm -hmm. i think so too yeah uh david has some i know in his writings he uh, talked about eight wing nines being more of the philosopher eights because of that nine wing. And do you notice like eights that tend to be writers? I mean, my mm. dad's an author and mm-hmm. Uh, mm. he's an eight wing nine social self-pres. 
And so a lot of eight who are well-known authors tend to be social eight wing nines. Yeah. There's some mm, yeah. examples like, uh, Bono and, and Johnny Cash. It kind of adds that philosopher, that a little yes. bit of pensive philosopher mm -hmm. thing in there. Um, yeah. So like, like thinking about it from the point of view of object relations and like rejection, like the rejection that the eight is doing to themselves. Yeah, it's it's like there's a they're they're you know the rejecting the nurturing function is in a sense rejecting their own heart, mm -hmm. and so then it's like this, like I am just the protective function. I'm that's what I am, mm -hmm. and then it's like attached to some goal or outcome or dynamic or position. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And it's then, go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead, you go ahead. Uh. Oh, fuck, I just lost it. <laughs> just go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Accessing his nine wing. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and so there, there is this, there is that, like, when we're talking about, like, a god archetype, there is this thing of, like, I have this power or this potency, and it's for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that in eight wing nines, the line to two is a little bit more... I wouldn't say it's more present or something, but I think that 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 you can detect that attempt at selflessness. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I think eight wing nines can also can feel or seem like what they're doing is just like inevitable or needs to happen. Right. And right. they can get into that like shadow of two that mates have where it's like, I just I do so much for everybody. And, you know, that can turn into that entitlement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I find it interesting that most of the dictators uh, have tended to be, I don't know if this is actually accurate, but it, it feels right that they have tended to be eight-wing nines. Mm -hmm. And I think that that mm -hmm. attachment to the position of power and the attachment to that what I'm doing is beneficial to uh, the situation or everyone around me lends itself to uh, a, a scenario where someone has leverage over an entire country. Whereas eight wing seven is a little bit not to say there haven't been dictators who have been eight wing sevens, but there's more of that. There's less of an attachment, and so there's more about like, oh, I'm the frustration of, oh, this is an interesting or new thing that I can pursue, and I you know maybe <clears throat> drop it. Whereas that to be a dictator, you have to consistently add to the pile of leverage, and just mm -hmm. keep adding to the pile year after year, decade after decade, until you have leverage on everyone and mm. that just mm. feels like that's what eight wing nines do they just consistently build and build and build and build also they mm -hmm. come in usually as sort of the uh champion of some you know right 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 that's gonna overthrow the current system and that was <laughs> castro and hitler and etc do you think so um do you think Gaddafi is an eight wing nine with a two fix hmm. I'm not sure. He's tricky. He's yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have some other uh I don't think he's gonna be an eight six three. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think of the idea that because an eight has an attachment wing, or because eight wing nine has an attachment wing, that it's there it, it, kind of what we said with uh four wing threes on one of these last calls. Because that wing is tapped into the collective, that's like how they can hold their power. They're like observing 
mm. what is being responded to. Right. You know, yes. like they're still That's a reactive true. type, That's but they're true. also more tapped into like what everyone's, how, how they're, I don't know, like how their sense of control is being, yeah. whether it's working received, or not. Whether they're being yes, received. No, that, that's a really good point. Now that it's lighting something up for me now that you've mentioned it, because uh, uh, my sister's an eight-wing nine. And, you know, we have plenty of differences, but she's a lot more sensitive to disrespect than I am. <laughs> and, of course, maybe this is me being mm. social blind, but I think it's mm -hmm. something, there's some difference between eight-wing seven and eight-wing nine. Whereas, let's say like the godfather principle with eight-wing nine. Whereas right. it's like you acted in a certain way that I deemed disrespectful. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I might, I might feel that and do something about it, but I'm not, I'm, it's not yeah. as sensitive as sensitive as it is that I think what I've noticed with eight wing nines, because there is more an attachment to how my uh, sense of power within a situation or respect, how I'm being respected is much more of a bigger deal um, for them than eight wing seven. Now, I mean, of course, that's not to say that eight wing sevens, don't fly off the handle about being disrespected, but I'm just noticing that there is more of a, a bigger deal with that attachment to my own sense of power. It's like in the Godfather, eights with a nine wing want you to kiss the ring. <laughs> yeah, <on some> level, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I also just see it as like the attachment wings are going to, it's almost like they, oh, did I lose you guys? Oh, no, here. Um, it's almost like the attachment wings, like an eight wing nine almost their sense of power and their own sense of yeah like their own sense of power is going to be more dependent on the response of yeah. the thing they're trying to be powerful over whereas eight wing seven doesn't really need you to agree it's just in charge <laughs> it's just gonna <laughs> yeah. do it's it's just gonna do its motive but like we've seen and interacted with several eight wing nines that when mm. you are not agreeing with how powerful they are Mm -hmm. they're not happy about it that's a good point yeah oh yeah that that's connecting some dots right there yeah because like eight wing sevens are kind of always trolling in a certain way and so <laughs> right, they just exactly. expect you to troll back and right. it's like that dance is kind of fun and so it's not taken so personally whereas like an eight wing yeah. nine that's attachment thing right. will you know it's like there is a, a sensitivity in rejection because you're already rejecting so much of yourself mm-hmm that what you've got like left is you. And so when it's being disrespected with there's an attachment element to it, then it's like there's there's more of that like like you know, one of the things that gets lost a lot with eights is like not just how sensitive eights are, but also how kind of like that line to emotionality and like kind of mm -hmm. like um there's like a not diva is not the right word, but you know, there's like this this uh is histrionic maybe like the way they can get really hurt by things, you know, that mm -hmm. seems like a oh, little sure. over the top. Temperamental or something. Yeah. yeah well, it's, a it, sense, it's like a, like a uh, sentimentality. No, not necessarily. It's that. got that in it. Yeah. Going. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a quality where it's like, I mean, yeah, where there's like, why would you need to kiss the ring? Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. such a ridiculous display, right. <laughs> to like kiss somebody's stupid fuck. And I'm, you know, making metaphorical, but like, Right. That that quality and like what is needing that level of validation or like if they're mm -hmm. controlling a population, like why do they need that much control? And like, why would they need like in the case of some dictators, like to put their their picture in everybody's home? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's I, like, well, if shadow a... two thing. 
Yes, yeah. I was going to say that if there's a line to two and two's uh, passion is pride, then there is a kind of retroactive eight thing with two of like, I have a lot to offer and you're going to know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that and, kind and of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. With like an emotional delicacy thing that's in there, you know, like that's what I'm It's like this, like, there's this weird thing that I can detect in eight wing nines, especially, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there's mm-hmm. something there that's like delicate. Yeah. I'm gonna... Well, this is a little bit, um, a little, I'm like looking at the Enneagram again. Eight has access to all three positive types. It's got the two positive adjacent wings and then a forward line to two. So that's, mm. we don't have to play with that right now, but both mm. eight and one are surrounded by the positive types. It's kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to, to sustain the eight ego agenda like we talked about right. last time. Totally. <laughs> and ones yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, body types for sure too. Mm. Like we talked one of these last times about like the positive outlook can just like keep the path clear, right? It can keep like a sense of faith. And if the body center if the body center's object- objective is to just keep the ego agenda moving, then it needs help keeping the path clear, mm-hmm. which I think is why it's going to be surrounded by positive outlook types. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other yeah. thing I was going to say, too, is with the gut types, and I don't know where this goes with the wing conversation, but <clears throat> that all three of the gut types have the, their lines connect to the, the other object relations. You know, they're sitting between their object relations types mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and there's, yeah there's no other uh you know center that has that going on huh so, oh, like, so you're, you're, you're saying like they both have a wing that's well no here's what i'm saying so mm-hmm. eight has lines to five and two so that's yeah. all mm-hmm. three rejection, rejection type nine to six and three all three attachment types mm. one to seven and four all three frustration types and mm-hmm. so the gut center that's part of why the gut center is <clears throat> so dug in on its, you know, and immovable. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No look, escape. I, th- I think we said something <laughs> last time about, like, the primary ego agenda or something, or, or eight, nine, and one. And, mm-hmm. uh, right. Or that, in a sense, like, nine is the whole, and then expansion and contraction are the ways that, that the unity of nine or the allness of nine can exert itself in in reality basically right and i see it as nine is said it before but like nine is the the universal field or whatever and eight represents the i don't know cosmic principle of chaos and one represents order Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. you've got order versus chaos in a war within a nine universe or you could say with eight, it's it's like order versus destruction because you know before you can before sure. you can build something, yeah. you have to tear it down. That's right. And destruction makes sense too if you do the you start at nine and you're going uh, clockwise around, uh, you know, in a process enneagram where eight would be the last number, mm-hmm. and and you know the thing has to be destroyed oh, for yeah. the next cycle to start. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense too with rejection of just like, no, done. That's right. Not doing it. <laughs> Whereas frustration has, yeah, exactly. Whereas frustration does have like a reforming quality to it of like, that's right. Not good enough. Make it better. Mm. And so, eight wing seven rejection. It's perfect. It's perfect, perfect in every way. <laughs> the best type. The best type. Everybody loves eight wing seven. Perfect voice. 
Um, I would disagree had... with that statement. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about your mom. Wait, is your mom eight wing seven? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry for your. They're, they're the sorry. best. <laughs> sorry, it's so difficult for you to be around perfection. Yeah. <laughs> You're dealing I mean, with an... just gl- it becomes glaringly obvious, and I'm not perfect, and that's <laughs> just too much. Yeah. That's what the real pain is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a core wound or whatever. <laughs> is um, what's that movie with that guy that plays Brad Pitt that all the incels really love? Oh, Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah. Is that's that guy an eight wing seven? seven? Yeah, that's an yeah. eight wing okay. seven archetype. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> There's yeah. a TikTok going around where someone um, girl splains Fight Club, and it <laughs> just makes it very like um, shallow and hilarious, and it's really funny. So that's all I think that's about when excellent. I think of Fight Club now. <laughs> the thing about Eight Wing Seven, like in well, at least just watching movies and seeing like the way people respond to different archetypes. So like, let's say Eight Wing Nine is like the sort of Godfather principle type of archetype. Eight Wing Seven, you could call like the you know, the fight club, whatever type of revolutionary type of archetype that it seems that whenever someone like that comes around, like this sort of chaotic leader or whatever, like Trump, um, that it's not necessarily about building. It's about like someone who represents sort of like a chaotic upstart. And, and, um, I see that in a way that seven wing eight sort of represents this sort of chaotic entertaining, uh, controversial character that people can latch onto. Eight Wing Seven is doing a similar thing. Um, there's a guy that that is blowing up on social media right now. That's an Eight Wing Seven, who is sort of represents what they call the what they call the manosphere, which is a lot of like, uh, what do you call it? Um, what would you call the manosphere? How do you explain what the manosphere is? I, I think manosphere is like basically it's it's taking a real issue which is like the lack of guidance and understanding around manhood and like aggression and like how to function and and be an adult with uh like a reactionary grievance culture that like makes different changes in culture and different changes in politics and different ways we think about gender and sexuality the problem rather than addressing uh what I would say would be more substantial, you know, social issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy, he's an eight wing seven. He's very loud, uh, loud but and an articulate, and he sort of represents. I, I feel like this sort of Fight Club, eight wing seven archetype, where he's talking about some real issues, but in a way like Trump is like sort of galvanizing men or young men who feel like there's no voice uh, that represents an ideal masculinity that's entertaining and engaging, uh, but it can fire me up. And so this guy's clips is going viral everywhere because he kind of represents this sort of like uh, extreme masculine character who's not afraid to say like whatever the fuck he wants. And, you know, there are a lot of men, and he's using it to sell courses, of course. It's not just, he's not just talking shit. He's trying to make money. He's making a lot of money selling courses for men to make more money, get women and, and just become uh, to live out their masculine ideal, sort of like, you know, fight club. Uh, so I see that uh, archetype playing out where you have like a, a Trump show up or like um, a guy like this, this guy's name's Andrew Tate, if anybody's interested, who is really loud and obnoxious and but 
can galvanize a lot of uh, people behind something. Yeah, the, I, so, like, I think um, I'm trying to get it, like, all right, so there's, there's the rejection, right, of self, and mm-hmm. I'm identified with the protective function, or I'm identified with this, yeah, this, this sort of offering of a certain kind of energy with a frustration wing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like pushing, but there's also this kind of like pushing, but that's not it. Pushing, but that's not it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, it's Where it's it's like an idealization behind the pushing. Yes. It, part of the thing we talked about mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with uh, why Trump is so effective is that you know <laughs> we're going to build a wall. Like it's it's I'm galvanizing <laughs> you by painting a picture of the future. Like sevens are you know painting an ideal future like you know elon musk is a fraud to a lot of people part of why he's so successful is that he gets people to believe in these fucking impossible ideals and he may or may not make them happen but it's like getting people excited about possibilities and so this this you know tyler durden fight club thing is like you get people really riled up because you paint a vision that uh ideal vision and and that's the that's the that's how you're pushing and that's how you're it's less about the position like an eight wing nine it's more about this like vision of like the future or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah and so how would you distinguish the idealization of the frustration wing with the like eight wing nine attachment representing a cause okay um i feel like the eight wing seven like Eight wing nine is more centralized. There is something being built, like an organization, a movement, or um, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. That was a tangible movement. Something is getting bigger uh, with this person as a central figure. Like it eventually becomes uh, a tangible, a, a tangible structure um, with this person sort of acting like as the Godfather dictator, or whatever. Whereas eight wing seven becomes more of a um, you know, like the seven wing, let's say like Muhammad Ali became like an iconic sports figure because like he was just, he, he represented an ideal. He represented an ideal that didn't necessarily manifest itself in some sort of tangible organization mm-hmm. or movement or anything yeah. else. And so eight wing sevens tend to be like, it's more like the idea of this fantasy thing that people uh, can, can, imagine themselves like oh this person's inspirational because that's the other thing when we looked at the reflections from three to seven like the seven is the inspirational part of three and Mm -hmm. so eight wing sevens are more like is an aspirational thing that gets people riled up whereas eight wing nine has a tangible uh movement or organization or something that is being built yeah grounding Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. attachment something people can attach to Yeah. I also kind of see A-Wing 9 as being more tapped into like what's already going on and building from what's already, what they've already felt into. Whereas A-Wing 7 has a more like, let's build the wall. Like let's move towards the (laughs) ideal thing. It has a more future orientation. Whereas Mm -hmm. A-Wing 9, 9 doesn't want to move. It wants to sit right here. Seven's the one that wants to go, go, go. So you double that up with another assertive type and give it like the levity and the like, um, I don't know, the like anticipatory quality of uh, seven, then you just have a lot more movement and a lot more chase. Mm-hmm. And like we said with the other attachment uh, wings, eight wing nines are going to tend to be more conservative than eight wing sevens. Like, right. yeah. like the, looking for the next thing, looking for the new edge. Right. 
um, is what the seven is adding to to an eight. So, and it's just more mercurial too in, in that. Yeah. Right. Part of the reason it doesn't necessarily translate to one tangible thing is that that the seven wing is going to want to move on to the next thing. Like I want to be on the cutting edge of the next thing. So whereas eight wing nine could just stay and build with one thing for a really long time. Yes. That's why they're more totally. eight wing nines that are authors because you got to sit there and fucking write for a long time, which is not necessarily something you'll see a lot of eight wing sevens doing. I think that's also where eight wing nine gets like the king or godfather, whatever archetype. Mm-hmm. Whereas, right. um, whereas eight wing seven has more of like the the revolutionary, right? Like the um, what is the what is the thing I'm? What's the word I'm looking for? Instigator or anarchist or yeah, An- yeah, like the anarchist, like the the guy that's gonna overthrow the current king. <laughs> yeah, that's big eight wing seven. It's to also me. like. A- uh, I think of it also, I mean, it's mostly sevens with an eight wing, but eight with the seven has that energy of like a boxing promoter, mm, yeah. you know, <laughs> the rabble yeah. rouser yeah. who's going to get everybody excited about this big event, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that nobody like that. gets paid at. Nope. Nobody gets paid. Everyone shows up and buys <laughs> tickets, but nobody gets paid. That's right. <laughs> like boxing promoter who just scams everybody. There you go. Like, and by the way, this guy who's this Andrew Tate guy is literally, it's impressive. Like he's built like, uh, like, a, what is essentially a pyramid scheme of you get getting young men to who want to make money and he has good information, but then there are levels where if you get to the affiliate level and you start promoting his course, he can help you make more money. So by promoting his course, you are sharing clips of his, of, you know, his material. And so that's how he's been able to create basically an army of people who are reposting his clips on all of his social media, which just creates uh, more income, more, more people who come at, at the bottom. I was like, mm-hmm. man, that's just flooding the zone with your shit, and you're not even doing the work. Right. Promoter. <laughs> I'm taking notes. <laughs> I'm also just looking at, the, I'm looking at the Pinterest page that Joseph has right now on all the 8-Wing 7s. And 8-Wing 7s, just visually, there is like, there is the, the just like heavy body energy, right? There's like immovable body energy, but there is like a glint of mischief in every single person's face. <laughs> there is a glint of like, up to what no am good. I going to do? Yeah, totally. <laughs> there's, there's like, I could fuck you up if I wanted to, and maybe I will for fun because I'm bored kind of deal. Oh man, if I didn't have the parents that I did, I've, I've recognized this, even though sometimes I've, I've uh, not looked fondly in my parents. Like any other set of parents i would have terrorized them i would have made like (laughs) there were so many crazy things i was doing as a kid that uh i had to have a dad that i was scared of because because i was up to no good (laughs) i was up to no good (laughs) i want your parents on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) well everyone thank god for emika's dad (laughs) for not unleashing this bomb that could have been (laughs) putting the fear of allah in me You guys want to do nine or one next? Uh, we don't want to talk about nine. Let's move yeah. on to one. No, we don't want to talk about nines either. <laughs> <laughs> nines don't want to talk about nines. I don't yeah. remember anything about nines. Yeah. <laughs> Just I don't know. Nines exist? No. Uh, kind of nines, nines want to talk about themselves when they think they're another type. Which uh, <laughs> <laughs> happens on yeah. every single day of the week. <laughs> Yeah, or there are moments where they where they go to three and they're like, 
it's only nine guys. <laughs> Outside of that, don't even breathe in my direction. <laughs> Please I was don't acknowledge me. I was thinking the other day that that uh, we've you know sort of boosted up nines over the last couple of years, like making nines great again. So there are more nines that are uh, in, more more encouraged to you know fess up to being nines. And I've noticed that <laughs> sixes are just about the same. Like it's like neck mm-hmm. and neck, six and nine. Yeah. But like nobody wants to fucking admit that they're a six. It's like, man, what do we got to do for sixes? <laughs> yeah, we got to pump up the six. I mean, yeah, we got to pump up six. Courtney is such a yeah. We gotta we gotta have Courtney on some yeah six something something mm-hmm. six rave. Yeah, yeah. I was saying to Alexander, we were we were talking about um this fucking psychopath nine that I like found youtube's about who's this like his, oh. his name's like chandler or something he's like this piece of shit wisconsin kid or something who um basically he just wanted to play video games and be left alone mm-hmm. and so he can he pretended to get these different jobs that he didn't actually have and also pretended to be enrolled in a college and was taking courses but then like he couldn't get his transcripts and he couldn't get paid and he would make up these stories to put off his parents, I guess, and it went got more and more elaborate. And he had he was lying to his girlfriend and his parents, and um, he ended up like making all these extra ac- email accounts that he'd like email to show proof that he was trying to get his transcripts and trying to get paid and the like the you know all the payroll errors and all this bullshit. He up made it all up, and then um, his dad got involved and like went on and on and on for for over a year you know and also he could play video games and he would have his friends pretend to be colleagues so that his parents would hear him talking in business meetings <laughs> now this is like <laughs> like more effort than actually having a full-time job and going to school at the same time would have been and then when his dad like his dad called the school without telling the kid because like the kid would make up some shit being these fake administrators. So he calls the school, and in the trial, they like played this kid, the guy's, the, the, the call the father made, where you find him asking if so and so works there, and if, if his own son, he's pretending to be the son, but if, if the son's tr- transcripts are there, and there's like, I've never, no one by that name has ever been enrolled here, <laughs> and all these employees don't actually work there, and you can feel him realizing that he's been lied to. So then he, fucking makes this um the father's like all right we got a meeting with the school the kid realizes he's he's been found out and fucking murders both of his parents whoa (laughs) and chops up their bodies and tries to burn their bodies (laughs) in in, that was an escalation (laughs) whoa (laughs) tries to burn their bodies in his uh fireplace and fuck shit up and then like i mean it was it's the weirdest story even how he tries to dispose of the bodies and he he also faked an injury when he like fell downstairs i mean it was just it was so much effort to not mm-hmm. have to get a job. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of effort Chandler. to not do anything. <laughs> yes. Chandler Halderson is the name. Yeah. And when John and I were taught, did I see that right? Yeah. Chandler Halderson. What a terrible name. Uh, but when John and I were talking about that, <laughs> he had no chance. <laughs> he had no chance. Not with that name. Uh, John and I were also talking about it. And it was like this, this, uh, 
I don't know. He kind of said it already. Like he's put in all of this effort. He like, in a way, he realized his potential behind resistance the whole time. Right. <laughs> like it, yeah. all he had to do was just like walk out of the gate of his own sloth. And he could have just like found a way to, Conquer I don't know, create a lifestyle oh, yeah. where he could just have all of his time to himself. But instead he like... Ah, man. Instead, he, <laughs> he, yeah, he went to three and away. You can see, yeah. like, also his in immense creativity to make things. Like, it's like, you know, like, Jung or, like, storytellers like Miyazaki or Tolkien or whatever that have mm -hmm. these, like, or George Martin that have these, like, vast, like, landscapes of imagination that they create to stories. It's like, he did that, right. but for, like, the most boring, banal shit possible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So it's this interesting power, but um, but the reason I was bringing him up was when we were talking about this guy, Alexandra mentioned something about the DSM and like personality disorders and all this stuff, and she said something like, "Man, I bet like so many uh, of these DSM categories are just personality types that have an exaggerated feature." Mm. Uh, mm -hmm, sure. And I, and then then she made a joke about, "Oh, most of these are probably nines." And and what why what what was interesting to me was like. If there were as many fours as there were nines and sixes, like you'd probably have a whole other kind of DSM like level mm -hmm. of complexity. And so, uh, you know, like when people have a hard time owning being a nine or being a six, it's because like there's so many examples of people that suck of those types. Yeah. And it's just like there aren't as many examples of people that suck in, as a four, right? Because there's just not as many fours. Right. And I just think that, like, like I just think that, um, it's hard to be a common type, mm -hmm. right? Because you've got so much, like the percentage of people that are not shitty is so low in, in general. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that to, to like, yeah, so, you, you know, we can name like, like I could probably name like just five fours, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. like, like that's it. Whereas I can name all, and so then with every type, there's like really exceptional people and really shitty people. But as like y'all with dark arts especially have been uncovering that so many of the like creative people that we thought were these other types are like nines and sixes. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Kind of interesting. <clears throat> and it's, even when we talk about attachment, uh, you're just looking at the, the record of typings that we've done over the years, like threes are pretty rare also. Like, it's really sixes and nines, like, yeah. dominating these groups. And then maybe seven as a third type. But threes aren't that common. I mean, at least maybe it's just typology. But um, the sense of the, the, the human condition, like, what you think when, when marketers think about, I want, I want to target a group of people or polit politicians try to figure out how to run a campaign. The way that people act and what they know they have to do to get people to buy into stuff is like basically how to manipulate the six nine stem, like the right. six nine concern of how to create certainty, how to how to create these um, attachment stories that people can buy into is is acting on like the six nine, which is I think that's that's what the human uh, the the human condition is. Is like when you look at six and nine, that's what you're mostly dealing with. Right. Do we want to? Do nine now, or do we want to wait for next time? Uh, we've been going for like an hour, right? Yeah, we've been going for. It, this could be just in one episode. I mean, we don't have to cram it all, and yeah, let's just we can just break it up. How's that feel to everybody yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah that feels fine to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure with nine, we'll have a lot of shit to say. Right, and it gives us a lot, a lot lots of room to explore and, and do sidetracks. Yeah, and, I know. think that's good. There you go. And by the way, just if- for everyone listening, the next week we're doing a live pod on Friday. I don't, we don't have an exact time, but somewhere in the evening around seven or something. So tune in wherever, yeah, Facebook or YouTube or whatever, we're going to go live. Yeah, Instagram, we'll announce it everywhere. Just stay tuned. Um, I was going to say, this might be too social for you guys, but I think it would be really fun for everybody else. What if you guys did like a question and answer thing? Ooh. Like if people just asked you a bunch of dumb questions and you just answered all the questions. <laughs> And I mean, like, ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean, like, from whoever's right in front. But if someone was like, Emika, you know, what was your most embarrassing something something? I think that would just be fun for them. Should we do a post like in the Facebook group asking for questions? Or Yeah. yeah you yeah. could. You could say, like, if you want to ask personal questions to any, you know, to any of you guys, any of you know, me too or whatever we could pick the very best ones or something. yeah that's true because maybe we only get like 20 people watching live so we won't really get that many questions if we wait until till it's live to do it so we should ask people beforehand so anyway yeah let's let me just i'll, I'll put this in the episode we're going to do a live podcast and it's going to be basically a question and answer any any and all questions that you might have for any of us uh you can respond or dm the big hormone instagram account or hit up one of us we'll probably make an announcement somewhere that people can respond to but like any weird questions you might have it's gonna be just a fucking parasocial love fest (laughs) (laughs) right you ask they're delivering (laughs) all right i guess i'll see you all next week yeah fuck that's crazy (laughs) okay all right y'all all right all right, guys. All right, y'all. Talk to you See next you week. Later. What are you going to do about it? 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 This is an emergency. This is a wake-up call. Divide. Divide. Divide and conquer. Divide. Divide. Divide and conquer.